0: So it's always a blessing to have Dr. Joyce come and share with us uh, the word that the Lord has put on her heart, and uh, I will tell you, this is a, um, a ministry, I don't know how to put it exactly, ministry of labor, where she like really seeks the Lord, and it, it's a, a weight that sits on her shoulder to hear the word. So as she's speaking today, uh, let's listen, have open ears to hear and hearts to receive from the Lord. Uh, how this word applies to us each individually. It's something to think about and chew on and meditate on, and we'll be posting it online. So, uh, Dr. Joyce, God bless you.
1: okay so I felt like there were um, three things that the Lord wanted to emphasize over this next year and beyond okay and the first thing that I heard him say was stay on the path stay on the path and so we're in a time of movement and God is moving us into new spaces and into new places and Paul's space at this time was in Ephesus. He said he was going to stay in Ephesus because God had opened many doors for him in Ephesus. And Ephesus, by the way, means desirable. Okay? And keep in mind, Paul is now in the place where his desire connects with God's desire for him. Deuteronomy 5.33 says, Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the lands that you are about to enter and occupy. Stay on the path that the Lord has commanded you to follow. And the Israelites were told further that if you do this, something amazing is about to happen for you. They were about to enter the next place. So what would happen if they did not stay on the path? Well, they would delay entry into the next place and maybe miss it altogether like some of them did. So Paul says, I am going to remain in my Ephesus." So we know that we are supposed, we are to know where we are supposed to be at this season in our lives. Be aware of those things that come to move you away from your path. So you can look over at someone else's path and you can see lots of sun and green grass and uh, money growing from trees and less stones and all of that. And you can think, maybe I should be on that path. Stay on the path. And you can look over and see that there's a majority of people going in that direction, and you will be tempted to doubt and rethink your decision that you made regarding the path that you're on. Stay on the path. And there may be times that you will be like me when you just feel lost on the path. Uh, the directions that you had when you entered that path, they somehow mysteriously disappear. And you're walking without a GPS, without a map, without a compass, and you really begin to wonder if the right path is now, in fact, the wrong path. No. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. You see, this path was not chosen by you. Proverbs tell us that it is not even within you the ability to choose your path, but we know the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord. And that is the voice that you heard, the voice that said to you, this is the way walk you in it. Stay on that path. So be confident that in this season, God is your roadmap. He is your compass. He's your GPS or whatever you need to get to the next space and the next place. He's it. Remain at Ephesus. Now Paul says, I'm going to stay at Ephesus to Pentecost. And he may have been using Pentecost like a marker, rather than actually a feast that the Gentiles were going to celebrate with him. But we know the meaning of Pentecost. So Paul says that, I will stay till Pentecost, and we say, I will stay in Ephesus till I have my Pentecost. We will stay in the place of waiting for a divine encounter. We will stay here waiting for him to show up in fresh new ways. We will stay on the path expecting the one who says, behold, I do a new thing. We will stay there waiting for him to appear. You see, we're not on this path without expectation we have embarked on a path that leads us into the deeper things of God, we've embarked on a path that leads us into counting him in fresh new ways a path that leads to new anointing and new authority a path that leads to creativity authority and spiritual growth, explosion of healings and revivals a great awakening who knows what will happen if we stay on the path so he says Stay on the path. The next thing that he said was walk through the door. Walk through the open door. He says, I set before you an open door. So Paul says, I will stay in Ephesus because there is a great and effectual door that is open for me. So what was closed was closed no longer. And I want you to hear that. The result of being on the path that God has commended for you is that this is an open season. Your path is opening up and God is revealing doors that are on the path. So I want you to listen to the way Paul describes this door in Ephesus. He says it's a great door and it's an effectual door. And that word great means mega It means ginormous. It means huge. It means something that is massive. It's not a door that you have to squeeze to get into. No, these doors in this season are huge. And they are huge doors because we're not going to miss them. They are clearly seen, and they are huge doors because it speak of the magnitude of what God wants to do in you and through you during this season. A friend said she had a vision several years ago, and she saw in heaven this house, this, this, this house suspended in heaven, and she said the house had a tiny door. And she wondered why the door was so tiny. And so she heard a voice that said, I looked and I saw a door standing open in heaven. And she pondered the vision and especially the part about the tiny door. And she said recently she had the same vision. And while she was pondering about the door, she heard a voice say, if you come closer, you will see how large that door really is and at the sound of the voice the same voice she had in the first vision she said she was at the door and it was massive and everything in the house grew larger and larger and I want you to hear that by the Spirit can you hear it we stand in these places and we look at the doors that are set before us and we misjudge them because we're too far away too far away because of our flesh because of our fears because of our failures we're too far away but I want you to hear the voice that speaks to you today and says don't stand so far away come closer come closer come closer and you will see how large this door really is now Paul said It was not only a mega door, not only a huge door, not only a enormous door. He said it was an effectual door. And the word effectual has to do with this idea of energies, the word from which we get energy. And uh, it's used to describe something that is forceful. Something that is effective, something that is active, something that is powerful. You should be thinking the word of God. It's all of those things. It's full of energy. It's at work. The key word here is work. And all of this to say that God's going to deal with our disappointments and our disillusionments that have left us Being weary, without energy, and filled with despair. The doors that he opens will be places of divine enablement that will get the job done. He comes with energy. Remember in the Song of Solomon, the maiden saw her lover coming. He was leaping over the mountains and he was skipping over the hills. Do you hear that? He comes with energy. And what is energy? It's the ability to do work. So energy that causes things to move, it's... uh around us and it takes all kinds of forms. It takes energy to cook food and to jump up in the air. It takes energy to leap over mountains and skip over hills. If we define energy as the ability to do work, what does it say? It says that he's not coming to his church to sit down and take a rest. No, he's coming to work. Isaiah 40:10 says, He, behold, the Lord shall come with a strong hand, and his hand shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work is before him. He's coming with great energy because he's going to work. Jesus said, my father work and I work also in the very beginning in Genesis one, one, you met him. You met the God that says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created, you met, created God. He made something out of nothing. He brought a whole universe into existence. We do not serve a lazy God. We do not serve a God who's gone to the Bahamas to retire or gone someplace fishing. We see a God who's working, a God who's working in this season, a God who knows what he wants to do and he sets about doing it. So in the past, we've experienced what seemed like inactivity on the part of God, namely because we didn't see all our prayers answered. And uh, change was not experienced in the areas in which we so desperately desired change. It was like he was no longer working for us. Or it was like he was taking a long break or he clocked out early or something. But God is coming to his church with a strong hand. And what do we associate hands with? Work. Psalms tell us that his fingers created the heavens. In this new season, he's going to show up as a working God. That is what Paul was conveying. It is an effectual door because God will be at work in that door, in that space. John the Baptist, you remember him? He had doubts about who Jesus was, and he became discouraged, and he didn't see Jesus working And he told some of his friends, go talk to him about it. And Jesus sent word back to John and said, I am working, John. I am working. I am doing mighty works. I am doing mighty miracles all around, John. I am working. What we have experienced when we have experiences like that of John the Baptist, and it doesn't seem like he's working, but we remember the song uh, Waymaker by Carol Williams, and she says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop working. And I want you to hear that. You serve a God who never ever stopped working. Listen. He never stopped working when he rested. He only rested from the work of his creation. He has kept on working. If he had not kept on working, the world would have sank back into nothingness but behold he holds all things in power by his spoken word he never stops speaking he never stops decreeing he never stops issuing declarations over you around you and for you he never ever stops so you enter that effectual door he sets before you and you encounter the God who never grows weary and the God upon whom you have waited for so long. He comes to impart energy. He comes to give you strength. He will remove the weariness from the church. He, not weak, not powerless, not ineffective. All of those things we have felt in the past season. But the door that stands now is in stopped. Contrast to that, it is a new door because it highlights a new season that he's bringing us into. And Paul said that this mega door that's full of energy, he said, it opened, it opened to me. And so we think about something opening, however, the way Paul is using it here. It doesn't mean that it's starting to open. It doesn't mean that, okay? So we can live with, oh God is starting to, God is starting to, but we want to move beyond the starting point where we see something that's done. And so the word that's used here means that it was fully opened. It was open all the way. This is like John, you remember John in the book of Revelation? He said, I looked and there was a door standing open in heaven and I want you to remember that John didn't do anything to open that door he did not he just looked and he saw the door was already standing open in heaven as in I have set before you an open door. I have placed an open door before your eyes no longer hidden no longer unseen. I am opening your eyes to see it. So can you hear that? Eyes to see what God sees can you believe that God wants you to see the door that he has placed on your path? Do you believe that God wants you to see the door that he has placed Uh, In the pathway of Kairos, do you believe that? Or whatever church you're part of? So the doors were wide open until Paul had complete access to the city of Ephesus. The word door uh, is this word that um, it means a unique opportunity. So Paul was using a metaphor. A unique opportunity. So it was a Kairos time for him, a time of unique opportunity. It was a right time. It was a critical time, a time when if he acted upon it, amazing things would happen in Ephesus. Don't you just love the sound when God says, access granted. Don't you love that sound? Access granted. And that's what he's speaking over the church in this season. Access granted. Access granted. The Holy Spirit is just going around and taking those signs off the door that says, Do not enter. No access. He's removing all those signs and replacing them with access granted. Access granted. Access granted. We now have access. An open door means opportunities. So Paul is saying, there, there's just lots of opportunities before me. So the word opportunity comes from this Latin word that means apornitas, which is composed of two words, op and portus. Ap means toward, and portus means port. So the word came from the realm of navigation, where sailors uh, use the phrase "opportus." And it would describe the best combination of wind and current and tide to sail to the port. So however, the only way to take advantage of these weather conditions was if the vessel's captain had already sighted the port of destination. So knowing the weather conditions without knowing the destination was useless. Did you catch that? So therefore, a ship was in a state of Apernitas when its captain had decided where to go and how to get there. So I see this in two ways. Yes, the captain of our ship ascertained that the wind and the current and the tide are favorable for us, so he also knows where he's going to take us in this season, he has prepared places for us. There are multiple spaces we are going to enter. Our captain has determined where this ship will go. And I want you to that to sink into your spirit. Your captain has determined where your ship is going to sail. Paul says this. He says, eye has not seen and ear has not heard Neither has it entered into the heart those things that God has prepared for those who love them. And then Paul added this, and this is really, really big. He said, But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. You see, there's something inside of you. There's a Holy Spirit vision inside of you. A vision for yourself. A vision for your marriage. A vision for your family. A vision for your church. A vision for your community. A vision for your nation. There is a vision inside of you that God has placed inside of you. And it's a favorable season. To move in the direction of that vision, just as the captain would move in the direction of the port. I want you to hear that. He said, I set before you unique opportunities. So we must seize the opportunity. And seize means to grab a hold of something, to invest yourself in it. It means to immerse yourself in something presented to you. And I would say, it's up for grabs. It's up for grabs. God's just throwing, tossing out things and it's up for grabs. And so Jesus would use uh, parables to illustrate the kingdom of God, what it was like. And he said uh, at one time he said the kingdom of God is like hidden treasure in a field and there was a man and he found the treasure and he hid it and then he went and he saw everything that he had and he bought the field and he said again listen the kingdom of heaven is like uh, a merchant seeking fine pearls and when he found just the right pearl the precious pearl the perfect pearl he went away and he sold everything. And he bought it. The point that Jesus was making was that these people saw opportunity. They seized the opportunity and walked through the door that was set before them. Listen, Peter was on a storm in a boat and he was fearful because the wind and the effect of the, uh, the effect of the wind upon the water was creating these uh, massive waves that were beaten against the boat and um, jeopardized his life and, and, and everyone that was with him. And, and so Jesus, uh, Peter looked and he saw Jesus walking on the water. Now, you got to get this. What was Peter afraid of? He was afraid of the water. So here comes Jesus walking on the very thing that he's afraid of. Okay, So he gave Peter the opportunity to come to him walking on the water talking of the thing that he feared. Okay. And Peter got out of the boat and look, he did it. He walked on water. He seized the opportunity to do the unthinkable, an opportunity that was presented to him and none other that is until now. So we say, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders let me walk upon the waters, wherever you may call me. Is that your heart? Is that your cry? Is that your desire? Are you ready to walk on water? I am. I am ready to walk on water. Did you ever consider that the storms that have come against you have been to move you Beyond to move you to a place where the deep cry of your heart is unleashed and a force so traumatic that it overcomes your fears. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you walking on the water and the invitation comes. Come, come. Can you hear God? cry. Can you hear the cry of his heart? He hears the deep inside of you saying desire is greater than my fear. Did you hear that? Peter had to say that. Desire is greater than my fear. Desire is greater than my fear. Desire is greater than my fear. Desire is breaking down my fear. Where you are Jesus in this season I am willing to put on my water boots and get out of the boat I will leave the boat leave the hickle that served me so well in the past I can't believe I just said that I can't believe that I rejected fear you are going to reject fear Moving in the direction of desire, rejecting fear and choosing desire. Moving in the direction that brings you close to Jesus, close encounters of the Jesus kind. Desire is the key that is unlocking the unimaginable in the presence of God. Take a look at your feet. And I mean really take a look at your feet. And I want you to see them with spiritual eyes. See what God sees. You have on water boots. And guess what? These boots were made for walking. And they're gonna walk all over your fears. Did you hear that? You're gonna be singing. These boots are made for walking. And that's just what they'll do. And today, these boots are gonna walk all over you so get out of the boat seize the opportunity you've got water boots on walk all over your fears you have access a blind man came to Jesus he heard that Jesus was coming his way and he took advantage of the opportunity to cry out for his sight. So his friends and his neighbors and those around him, they knew the sound of the voice that begged for alms. They knew that sound. But they had not heard this sound. Passionate, desperate, filled with hope and expectancy. Where did that sound come from? The sound that released the healing power of Jesus on his eyes. Where did that sound come from? Oh, I tell you, church, there are sounds inside of you that are yet to be released. But as you seize the opportunity, they will. Remember, Hannah uttered a sound that only heaven heard. And you will release sound sounds like Jesus loves you and sounds like I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me sounds like in the name of Jesus be healed sounds like travail as you give birth to those things that God has placed in your spirit the sound of surrender is it I surrender all the sound of a higher praise hallelujah the sound of humility Honey, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you were right. New sounds coming from inside of you as you seize the opportunity to move from darkness like blind Bartimaeus to places where you are seeing through the eyes of Holy Spirit. You will know the power of your voice when it begins to ushers you through that door a sound remember Jesus dispersed these talents his money to his servants. he told about a man that dispersed money to his servants and he gave one servant only one talent and the servant uh, buried it in the ground and he had a unique opportunity for increase and he let it slip away from him Hey, there's opportunities around us every single day, opportunities to do good, to hear from God, to reach out from someone to someone, to create something, to love, to pursue God, to challenge ourselves. These opportunities are calling your name every single day. But what keeps us from seizing the opportunities that are set before us? Paul says this, but I will stay in Ephesus unto Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is open to me. And there are many adversaries. And that's the third thing stay the course, walk through the open door, and I will deal with the adversary. So, yes, Paul was, uh, and we are too. And a time of open doors and new opportunities. And with this comes excitement, but it also, there's caution with it. But when God begins to move, the enemy starts to oppose whatever God is doing. So we're coming against two seemingly contradictory things a wide open door and many oppositions, adversary. So Paul used the term adversary the word mean is versus the ideal of hostile forces that are standing in opposition to someone and these forces are lying around pitted against a common foe and like a snake in the grass waiting to strike and take away your opportunity they lie in wait to deceive to attack to pry you away from your opportunity so when God opens a door we sometimes think that because God opened the door, it's, there's no problems whatsoever. If I get a promotion, then why is my boss on my case all the time? Or if I get married, why all this conflict? Or if God gave me these children, why are they acting like heathens? Or if God, if you gave me this ministry, then why aren't we doing the miraculous? So with this may come a feeling of failure, like we've done something wrong. And of course, sometimes this might be the case. Most often, it's just the opposite. It's just the opposition of the enemy trying to thwart God's purpose in your life. So God gives us this information so that we can be prepared. So he's taking us someplace, someplace new, and there will be some things that would cause us to wonder if we are on the right road. So we're in a time of resistance, enemy pushing back, The greater the door, the greater the pushback. And what are the adversaries that we face? We face foremost ourselves. Okay, And sometimes we like that servant to, who buried the talents, who got hung up in his own thoughts and perceptions. Our flesh hangs us up all the time, whether through things we haven't gotten rid of, like dying to the self or listening to the voice that tells us how unworthy or incapable we are of doing anything, or emotions can be adversaries we get hung up in depression and anxiety people can be adversarial opposing what god wants to do in and through us they misunderstand us uh they can give us subtle messages that it's the wrong time or you're not capable of doing this or doing that and if we get hung up on what people think about us we will back down Fear is a great adversary, fear of failing, fear of looking foolish, all kinds of fear. Fear of the past, staying stuck in the past and not moving on. Stuck on manna when there is meat on the ground, stuck in an old wine season, rejoicing in the good of what was and not really recognizing that the season has changed. So we must be prepared to deal with adversaries in this season. Knowing that it is a season of great opportunities, but not ignorant of the battle over this time. So Satan is right at your side, waiting for you to mess up, make a mistake, give up, uh, waiting for you to fail. He wants to trip you up, knock you down, put you out of the race. He wants to seize your opportunity and take you out. But listen... God is moving things out of your way he is moving hindrances that whether they be your flesh or weights or people or situations Isaiah said remove every obstacle out of the way of my people do you hear that every obstacle moving out and Deuteronomy says and he drove out the enemy before you and said destroy destroy do you hear that that means make a complete end so God is saying to the enemy destroy destroy come to a complete end He is coming through for you, fighting for us in this season. He's showing up as the lion of the tribe of Judah and he is roaring over his enemies. I can hear the sound of the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. I can hear the sound of the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Don't you mess with me, devil, don't you mess with me. God is fighting for us. God is on our side. He has overcome. Yes, he has overcome. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, you are here. Do you hear that? Listen, Ephesus ended up being one of Paul's greatest success stories in his ministry because the Lion of Judah roared adversaries many adversaries but there was great presence and uh, Ephesus was a source of revival and of one of the most influential churches during that time yes there are great doors that are open for you there are great opportunities that await you each and every day seize the moment recognize me in the moment the Lord says Hear the exhortation Stay the course. Keep on the path that I have set before you. Come closer and see the door that I have given you access to. The door that you're about to enter. Hear the invitation. Walk through the open door. Seize your moment. When Paul says doors open to me, he means a unique door. A door that was unique to me. God has chosen doors for you. Your door is not my door. this church's door is not another church's door, come closer and see how large this door is. Come closer in your obedience. Come closer in your devotion. Come closer in your love for me. Come closer in your pursuit of him. Come closer and you will see. Now hear the promise. I will deal with the adversaries. I will deal with the adversaries. And I want you to hear what I say up proclaims over you and I want to proclaim that over you Isaiah says go through go through the gates and that same cry comes to you today go through go through the gates do not stand outside looking in move forward into the new go through the eye gate Go beyond what you see in the natural. Ask God for new vision. Ask him to anoint your eyes to see what he sees. Ask him to show you the supernatural. Um, uh, he wants to give you a vision. The Lord asked me, he said, Joyce, do you see what I see? And before I could answer, he said, when you see what I see, then you will know what I know. And I am telling you, do you see what I see? The Spirit is saying, When you see what I see, you will know what I know. Nathaniel was under the fig tree. And Jesus said to Nathaniel, Nathaniel, when you run the fig tree, hey, buddy, I saw you. And Nathaniel was like blown away. Whoa, you did? How did you see me? You must be the Messiah. And Jesus said, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree that amazes you. You are going to see something, not just me, Nathaniel, but you are going to see something. Do you see how he switched it around? Not just me seeing, but you, Nathaniel, are going to see. And so I say to you, church, go through the eye gate and you will begin to see what God sees. Elijah, servant, saw a cloud the size of a man's hand and not a single drop of rain, but Elijah could Elijah said that okay I got ahead of myself okay let's go back so go through the eye gate where new vision is released and then you want to go through the ear gate inclining your ear to hear new sounds moving beyond the sounds of unbelief and negativity but straining forth to hear the new sounds that are being released from the throne room Uh, John said I heard noises in the throne room decrees being issued from the throne room ears to hear what God is decreeing straining forth to hear those sounds what sounds are being released from heaven and being sent to earth during this time do you hear what I hear it's what the spirit is saying to the churches and Elijah's servant saw a cloud the size of a man's hand and not a single Drop of rain, but Elijah said, I hear a sound where there is no sound, and it is the sound of an abundance of rain. Go beyond the ear gate. And move beyond the gate of your emotions do you fall into do not fall into the trap like Isaac where you rely more on your feelings than you on divine holy spirit inspiration the adversary wants to confuse us emotionally because we have moved from faith and rely too heavily on our emotions to guide us but move through the gate of your emotions move through the gate of your mind your own mindset that, that you have that kept you locked in a past season. Move beyond the gate of your mind, wherein you encounter the God who's able to do more than you can ask or even think. Imagine that, encountering the God who is bigger than your vain imaginations, which puts limitations on him. Church, move beyond the gate of your mind say yes to Isaiah say yes we will move through the gates say yes to the command to go through the gates so remember what Paul said he said I am going to stay in Ephesus and it is the intersection of our desire and God's desire desire creates an entrance a doorway our desires move God uh, and the carpenter from Nazareth creates the door. I want you to hear that. Our desires move God and the carpenter from Nazareth creates the door. So I just want you to remember the exhortations that the Walk through the open door. I will deal with your adversaries. I feel like that's the word that he wants to, uh, he wants to speak over us. <clears throat> and so I'm going to ask um, Dennis if he would come, and um, John Gully, if you would come also, and Pastor Matt, if you would come, if you don't mind. Okay. And John, could you give me that big one? David, I mean, I'm sorry. David, would you come, please? Okay, I'll give that to Pastor Matt. So if you could, I want both of you. Okay, so if you could just come and just kind of stand, one on his right hand and one on his left hand. So Pastor Matt, if you want to open that, okay, you can. Okay, and so, David, I want you to look at that, and uh, I want you to look at that, okay? The anointing that I heard on a friend of mine did that, okay? And uh, the anointing that I heard on that, that he spoke to me, was behold. And I felt like there was something that he wanted us to see. So I wanted David to look at it and, uh, and you know, to see what you're beholding so that you can speak that into pastor matt's life what what i beheld was that it's it and pastor matt i believe the lord said that as you look at that from time to time you'll see something different than you do today and so what i saw today if you could kind of bring it to me was that uh there were there were four keys but there's room for more keys okay so they're not all there There are there room for more keys so that was one thing that i saw so let's talk about um uh, what you see or do you see something there also that you can minister to him
0: yeah I guess my first thought was that the
2: ancient mm
0: mm mm I seen that all four keys open different locks mm mm-hmm. so um, you can't just use one and, and and open all the doors you have to go to mm-hmm.
2: what what
1: Okay. Okay. So we just speak that over you that you will behold, that you would behold, um that the anointing would be on your eyes to see what God has for you in this season that you would behold. That you would behold what he has given you and what he is giving you. We just pray that over you in Jesus name. Amen. Blessings. And so John if you could give me that song. Thank you. You guys can just stay here, too. Stay, stay here a little bit longer if you want to. Yes. Okay. And so, um, Jill, if you would come. So if you guys could just stand behind her, you can open that. I really need your help on this one because I didn't fully understand what the Lord was saying. But we'll press through it. <laughs> Okay, so Jill, that's a key, and it's a garnet, okay? And it has a garnet stone in it. And one of the things that I found out about the garnet, and it's the same as carbuncle in the Bible. It's equivalent to that. And so one of the things that I found out about the garnet was that it was called coal. Coal, like C-O-A-L. It was called coal, and I thought, why? What's up with that? And the reason that it was called coal was because when you would hold it up to the sun, it would glitter like charcoal and you would see a light. And the story says that uh, when Noah was on the ark, that the garnet stone was the only light that was on the ark, okay? That's tradition, okay? So I think there's something about light that has to do with wisdom and that has to do with revelation and that you are a source of light in dark places and that as you, Uh, And it's connected to your intimacy with the Lord. And uh, the the garnet stone is a stone of commitment. So it's connected to your commitment to the Lord. And so as you are in the presence of the Son, then revelation and wisdom will be expounded and will increase, and you will be a light. And that's as much as I got. So are you hearing anything anymore? Are you good? Are you good? Okay. Okay. All right. So so we're just going to pray over her. So, uh, Jill, I just pray over you that you will be a light in dark places (sighs) (sighs) and that your passion and desire for the Lord would be a source of revelation and wisdom that gives light and that gives direction to others. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen, amen. So we're going to ask Seth if he would come And so if you could all stand, okay. And so uh, what we what we what we said was that um, I hope you caught it. That um, desire is a key. Okay. So desire is highlighted. Desire is a key. And so, John, if you could get those. So if you can start at any time. Mm-hmm. And so I have some keys. And so if you would just come around and take one of those keys. Anybody can start and just come around and take a key. I don't know.
2: Let me walk
0: good word from the Lord. It will be on our podcast and available if you want to listen to it again and just uh, soak in it some more and let the Lord speak to you as you're stepping out of the boat in every area of your life. But also we want to say thank you to Dr. Joyce and John. Amen. And also yesterday was Dr. Joyce's birthday and so... We wanted to make sure we just celebrated. We wanted to give her some flowers. And, and I've got a little box that that can go in, John, for you. But we are just so blessed by you guys and just wanted to say thank you. Happy birthday. And thank you for all that you guys do. Have a blessed Sunday. Be sure to say hello to one another. And we'll see you next Sunday. God